Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And you know that David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know, we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, relationships. And today we're going to do a whole lot of talking about being thankful and being grateful. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So... Is COVID fatigue depleting your sex drive? Perhaps you're looking for new ways to nurture your eroticism, enhance your relationship, and start feeling happy, healthy, and horny once again. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how to move through this year, 2020, into a new era where you can feel more positive, share more sexual pleasure and intimacy, and reconnect with your body through appreciation, gratitude, and by creating spaciousness in your life to manifest change. And we have an amazing guest that we're going to bring on in a second. She's been on our show a few times. But before we bring her on, we're going to tell you all about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex, but nobody really wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry, no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness, you just have to throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket, that's T-O-P, Waterproof Blanket, and great sex starts now. It sure does. So does today's show. We are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And we are welcoming back one of our favorite guests, one, one of the favorite guests. We have many. She's been on our show four or five times as she was on our anniversary show last year. She's just back from Tulum in Mexico, and as she's uh, an amazing person. Sex therapist Dr. Kat Meyer from sexloveyoga.com helps others to rediscover the sensual and sexual bodies by learning how to heighten their senses and connect on a deeper, more intimate level. Dr. Kat Meyer, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day and all your sexual adventures and exploits. And it's so nice to have you here again. It's my pleasure every single time. <laughs> and you've been doing a lot of different things this year because it has been a d new and different time. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how COVID-19 has changed your sex life in 2020? Yes. Wow. What a powerful experience for all of us. I, I mean, this really caused everything, all of my experience or all of my events to be canceled. So that both of you know that I lead retreats internationally and right. I do speaking events at, at different festivals and events and, and privately and everything got completely cleared. So it was one of those where, where it was the experience of going internal and be and settling in and being with myself and figuring out, okay, what am I creating in the world? What am I creating for myself in my own internal world? So sexually, this required me to get even more creative, <laughs> you know, diving into, okay, how do I, um, how can I up my game with text flirting or how can I, how can I have more 
fun, creative ways uh, around sex and video. And um, how can I, how do I navigate this pandemic with a lover who, you know, both of us getting tested and asking these questions, but keeping it alive, even though we're not in the same place. And so it just required me. And then even on top of that, self-sex exploration, you know, spending so much more time with myself and really luxuriating in these sensations or in different practices and different toys and different things that I would be curious about. So I feel like the lovership with myself had really expanded. And and Kat, (laughs) have you noticed that your sensuality, your eroticism, your sexuality, and we're going to get into the details of it a little bit later in Great Sex Matters. But have you noticed that things have slowed down and you're taking more time to take care of yourself? Oh, absolutely. And it was interesting to observe the progression of this because at the beginning of the quarantine, the lockdown, I dove into this, okay, now I've got to recreate my career, everything online instead of in-person or events. So I, I got into this trap of being super cognitive and being on the laptop. And I, I think as everybody here can relate to that as our careers shifted. And so how easy it is to be disembodied there because we're spending so much time in the in our head drinking coffee after coffee after you know whatever it is and not inviting as much movement or um, dressing out of our pajamas like we typically would so it became something where i finally had to have a pattern interrupt with myself and just be like okay what are you doing <laughs> you know you're spending so much time here you also need to get back into your body and slow things down instead of trying to create and produce so much as you can which does not feed our eroticism which does not feed you know that sexual part of ourselves so it requires us to be so aware and, um, and i believe that slowing down is the key for that. For sure. And one of the things I noticed is that at the beginning, we all kind of thought it was only for a few months, right? We really did Mm -hmm. not imagine that this was going to go on and on and on and on. (laughs) So at the beginning, we kind of gave ourselves permission to do that, to eat more, to sleep more, Mm -hmm. to relax more, because we have to deal with this anxiety and this pandemic out there that we're all terrified Mm -hmm. because we don't know what's going to happen. But then it just kept going on and on and on. And that's kind of where you said you had this awakening and you said, oh, my gosh, I need to get back into my body. I need to to get back out there and do things. Uh, So what at what point do you think that happened for you? Was it after three months, four months, six months? At what point did you really feel, wow, this is too much now? Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't that long. (laughs) I would say it was probably about a month. I was like, you know, because I had launched an online program at the very beginning of it because I was like, oh, now I have all this spaciousness so I can write a book and I can, you know, launch a course and I can, you know, do all these things that I had been putting off because I was so filled back to back with clients or traveling or, you know, teaching and everything. And so the spaciousness that that provided me was the ability to go into these projects. But it, it's, you know, it, as we are trying to find a balance, sometimes we swing so far onto one side to figure out what the edge is on that side before we're like, oh, okay, that's too far. Let me swing back this way. And, and slowly we can find that balance between the both of them. So I would say it was about a month in where I was like, my nervous system I could feel was a little bit 
um, buzzy off of the caffeine and, and my poor adrenals were like, help me, <laughs> you're going too fast. <laughs> so realizing that I know the signals of my body when those happen, I'm very tuned into the voice of my body. And so that was the point where I was, I was just feeling more fatigued. And I typically, I, I exercise and do yoga and running regularly and, even in those exercises, I was like, oh, I can feel the achiness in my body. Oh, I can feel the fatigue. I can feel my digestion is off. And so all of those I see as body intelligence that I need to slow down and take a look at, okay, how, how am I structuring my day and, and where do I need to shift things so that I can be more embodied and sexual and sensual? Amazing. Oh, now, now, you are people who've listened to you on our show before. You are a very um, zenny person you are a very touchy feely person and your <laughs> workshops and your retreats were all about you know getting close to people help them work through their issues and learn different things how do you do that when you're doing these workshops online how do you connect with people Oh my gosh, it's been such a fun experimentation. So my business partner and I would lead these. Um, I, it's funny, I say business partner, he's actually my ex boyfriend who we transformed into a friendship. So it's incredibly beautiful. Um, but we led these online classes called digital seduction. And we did a series of three and they were all like taste testing and intimacy and exploration around sexuality. So the first one was sensuality. The second one was about around edge play, power play, BDSM kinky. And then the third one was around Tantra, um, which are all three of those are my total loves <laughs> in sexual expression. And so we created an experience on the Zoom. So whether it was me, myself, dressed up in costume with up lights, you know, colored up lights in the back, create an ambiance for people to look at on the screen and then guide them through progression of like dropping them into the body so that they can come into a place of feeling and then separating the two partners on different screens and they interacted with each other across computers or, you know, there were just different, um, exercises, experiential exercises where they would just be so present with themselves and hear my voice guiding through the rest of the workshop. And then we even had a live performance on there. We had two live performances. One was a music performance as people were coming in. And another one was a sexy, uh, performance that happened throughout the workshop. So it gave people a multi-layered experience that they got to choose in their workshop. So it wasn't something where they were just tuning into the screen, listening to me talk, but we created an experience that they could drop and immerse themselves into. Well, that cool. sounds like an evolution that you actually needed to do because of COVID, but it sounds like it's something that you can continue to do and maybe reach more people in the future uh, when all this is like clear and everybody wants to get back to normal. And that way you can actually do more good by, by reaching out to more people. It sounds like it's an amazing idea you guys had. Yeah, it's been great. And so now we've turned it into downloadable content that we'll be launching at the beginning of uh, 2021. Oh, so wow. keep your eyes open. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> now, I know you haven't been able to do your retreats, but tell us a little bit about what you did in your retreats before and how you're going to move forward with that kind of thing in the future and when. Yes, I believe the last time I talked to you both was right before I was leading my women's uh, rewilding retreat in right. Tulum. And it was 
Oh, so it rewilding is the exact word that I can describe. It was very erotic. It was in, deep in the jungle with no other retreat center around us. So it was women only. And just all day, every day, we were walking around in our in our underwear and in our you know most expressive wild jungle hair and and clothes and and it allowed for this. It was this container of releasing, undoing, being natural. Um, letting go of the armor in our bodies and just being in our fullest expression, which if we think about the archetype of the wild woman, she is somebody who does not give a F, you know, I don't even know if I can be that expressive here on the show, but (laughs) you know, who just does not care and just does whatever it comes, comes alive in her body. And so it was powerful to bring women through these experiential activities to unlock that so there was a lot of tears a lot of orgasmic experiences um, bringing them but also bringing them through sacredness and ritual so that they owned the sacredness in their slutty or owned this you know the their voice and their uh unlocked unleashed expression so coming out of that we were all just like this melted puddle of, of horny happy women <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. And then you have to go into your real life at home and you have to learn how to, I guess, apply those things to your real right. life and, and live them mm-hmm. throughout. And they're probably very happy they did that right before the pandemic because now they're stuck in their homes and they've got a lot of tools to work with. Yes, yes. And still continuing to connect with the women thereafter. So because the integration part can be challenging, you know, you come fully unlocked and owning yourself. And it's easy when you're in a container of other women who are doing the same thing. But then you go out into the world and you hit up against all of the blocks and the barriers that caused you to retract in the from the very beginning. So there's something really powerful about having community to be able to continue to support you moving forward. Cool, cool, cool. So um, today's show is all about, you know, being thankful, being grateful for um, the things that we have and that we're looking forward to. And I know um, besides your practice and the retreats that you do, you also have a podcast that's called Eat, Play and Sex. And we wanted to ask you in 2020, what was your favorite episode and why? Oh, gosh. So I have two that really stood out to me when you asked when you asked that. Uh, The first one was episode number 83, which is about relationship ambiguity with Traver Bohm. And we dove into this common pattern in in relationships where we can be one foot in and one foot out, which I think we're seeing a lot of in this pandemic as well, because people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to be in this. And, you know, we're we're close in close quarters with the same person and you can either go deep or you can, things can, shit can can hit the fan. Uh, So this pattern that we can, partially be in there and partially not be in there. But when we do that, it caps our potential for intimacy because nobody wants to lean into something where we don't feel is certain. So if we can pick up, whether it's conscious or unconscious to us, that one person, the container is not solid, then we feel hesitancy in our body. And it's hard for women, especially to soften into that, to relax into that, because we can feel that they may not be able to hold us. But the moment that somebody chooses powerfully, even if it's just in the moment, moment to moment, choosing powerfully the relationship and the person, we can relax into that, we can melt into that. And that opens up so much more potential for intimacy and for the evolution of the relationship. 
And this half and in, then, sorry, the half in, half out must also cause anxiety in the relationship because they're not sure. And that's what definitely being uh, the, the feeling in the relationship is this unsureness and that must be overriding everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how can we open up sexually even to that? If we feel that the other person is only partially there and partially not, it's, it's, it makes us tense in our body. And when we tense in our body, we, we, uh, yeah, impacts our orgasms, impacts our pleasure potential. And, and so it's, it's best to spend the time to figure it out, you know, tune into yourself. And also have these conversations with the other person of what's coming up for you, because mm-hmm. otherwise it's it, that in and of itself is intimacy building to recognize, wow. okay, these are the, some of the things that I'm experiencing and I want you to see my internal process nice. cool. and nice. invite you in. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, what was, and what was the second one? Second episode. The other, the second one was a, was a surprise to me. It was, uh, episode 87 and it was all about circumcision with jo- uh, George Ann Kappen, which is something, which is a topic that, you know, like, for me personally, I knew about, but not a lot about. So it, it invited me to delve into the research of it even more and have a very candid, open conversation about it and seeing how it impacts sexual functioning and how you know some of the things that we're seeing as such a problem in our American culture today around sexual uh, functioning is uh, maybe tied to that. And so that was a, like, blew my mind, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I'm circumcised. My boys are circumcised, and um, I just wanted to know when you did your show, did they, did you go into, you know, some of the rituals and some of the the things that are served at circumcisions? Some of the things that are served. What do you mean by that? Well, at circumcisions, you serve cocktails. You serve cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I've never been to a circumcision. I so. just had to throw that in. That's one of his oldest Old jokes. Joke. Oh my Old gosh, joke. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on. Let's move on. We're done with that. Let's talk about happy, healthy, and horny. So, Kat, one of our main themes or topics that we talk about all the time on our show, especially, is about being happy, healthy, and horny. And we just wanted your take on it, uh, how you feel about it, and how you instill that in your own life. Yeah, you know, I I see them all interconnecting with one another. They feed into one another, and this, especially the idea. What's interesting, the the word horny really stands out for me because horny is this, you know, excitement in the body around sexual arousal, and what we do with that makes makes us contributes to our happiness or not. You know, if we sit with this sexual frustration and we can see it as something negative. Um, meaning that we we have this the arousal and we're not able to fully live it. We're not able to release it, and that can be that can create a negative experience. We're like, oh, frustration, right? Tension on the body, or it, we can turn it into something that is a an erotic tease and temptation. You know, which is the same thing. We don't have the fulfillment of the sexual activity. And so that space in between point A and point B, what, how do we interpret that? How do we, how do we sit with that? An erotic tease and temptation that's fun and expansive and opens us up to more pleasure or irritation and frustration uh, um, as a negative uh, lens, which makes us contract. Now, it doesn't. We, we talk about happy, healthy, and horny in that order where um, you need to be happy and healthy to be horny. But do you see it another way? Do you see it that if you're horny, it's going to make you happier and healthier? 
Yes. Again, I, I see it all interconnecting, right? right? And even the the health factor of it in Eat, Play, Sex, we talk, I, uh, talk with experts on hormone health and um, inflammation and, you know, your um, thyroid functioning and all these different things that impact your horniness. And so I, and, and vice versa, you know, you can't be horny if you're not healthy in your body, but even, you know, your relationship with your horniness, your relationship with your sexuality can contribute to your happiness or your unhappiness right. as and, well. And so I see health, them all. Yeah. So it goes yeah, both absolutely. ways. Absolutely. It definitely and, yeah. does. And especially, I mean, we're not just talking about physical health. We're talking about mental health as well. And when you're not happy mm-hmm. and you're not horny, uh, maybe you're unwell and maybe it all connects together. So, yeah, we really mm-hmm. feel the happy, healthy, horny is a big circle that you can't have one without the other are definitely joined together. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is an amazing discussion. We're going to just take a moment and tell everybody that we are Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having an amazing discussion with a sex therapist, Dr. Kat Meyer, all about feeling happy, healthy, and horny again. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short message. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got promescent delay spray for him and arousal gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at ask at carolandavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, we're having a great discussion here with Dr. Kat Meyer. But before we move on, we're going to take a moment to remind you about our new partnership with altplayground.net. That's A-L-T, playground.net. Yeah, and if you're looking for a sexy, erotic, and open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, you should join altplayground.net. It's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other like-minded folks like us. Like us. All right. We're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. And now we're going to get back to our show. We're having a great discussion with Dr. Kat Meyer from sexloveyoga.com. And I think we're going to get into thankfulness, gratitude, being grateful in this next section because it's been a very strenuous, stressful year for everybody. There's been so much negativity out there, but really there's a lot of good things that have happened as well. So Dr. Kat, in in respect to a relationship, tell us about how important it is to express appreciation of our partners. Mm. 
Oh, I think it's critical. I think it's one of the foundational pieces of um, our core basic human needs. You know, we want to be seen, we want to be acknowledged in the efforts that we give towards the, towards our partner and towards the relationship. And, and if we see it from that lens as this is a basic human need and we want to be generous to our partner, we want to meet their needs, if we help them to see that we see them, how much easier that is for them to open up to us and want to to um, show up even more. So I think it, it I think it contributes to the bonding, but it also helps to mitigate the effects of stress and it helps to mitigate the effects of negative interactions between in the relationship. And Kat, give us a couple of examples, simple of examples of how a couple, male or female, can do the simple things? What are the simple ways they can show their gratitude and appreciation? Mm. By acknowledging the times that their partner meets them in a place that's meaningful. You know, for me, it's, and we can even think about the five love languages, you know, gifts or acts of service or touch or um, time spent together. And, and uh, so when our partner meets us in that place, you know, say my partner um, cleans the house for me that's something and I come home and it's already cleaned after a hard day, then that's that to me, I honestly, when somebody does something like an act of service, I end up crying. I'm just like, Oh, you're so, you love me so much. <laughs> and so in that place, you know, expressing to that, that I see them in that versus how often we just take that for granted. And we're like, yeah, they're supposed to be cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or even somebody who, um, gives us a thoughtful gift you know, that is something we acknowledge that we see that their efforts in that, how thoughtful that was for them to be able to do that. We can also so show appreciation even through I, you know, the way that we look to them. So it's the energy that we hold in our body or the way the, the energy that we exude in the eyes um, that can communicate to the other person the, that appreciation, the, the awe factor that we have for them. Yeah, you know, Carol and I... Um, we're busy. I get up in the morning or a little bit earlier than her. But, you know, one or two mornings a week, I make a conscious decision to stay in bed and just snug her until she wakes up. And mm. Which is I, difficult for him because he really wants to get on with his day and his mind is already racing into whatever has to get done. So it is a mm-hmm. conscious thing to stay back in his body and stay next to me while I'm warm. And, and I really do appreciate mm-hmm. that because that's what wakes me up in the end, just the warmth. And waking up to a loving body beside you has got to be the best thing in the whole mm-hmm. wide world. Oh my God, the best. Yeah. 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 And some of the other little things that I really appreciate is that cup of coffee that just shows up on your desk or the glass of wine that shows up on your desk mm-hmm. when you're kind of working like crazy and, and things are like, you know, you're focused on what you're doing. And David's actually really good at that. But we do love, you know, mm-hmm. touching each other as we pass each other, um, you know, just in, in the hall or if we pass hug, each other in the a kitchen. Hug and, and a kiss. Yeah, yeah. We do those little, mm-hmm. little things. And I know those are the little things that keep your relationship strong and it doesn't mm-hmm. take a whole lot and it doesn't cost any money. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. this easiest thing to do. And sometimes people forget that. So if anyone's making um, resolutions for the new year, appreciation, expressing appreciation has got to be on the top of that list if you ask me. Yeah, and reflecting back to our partner that we see their efforts in there mm-hmm. because we want to know that our partner's holding a space for us in their minds. Mm-hmm. And to have that reflection come back is is 
heart opening. Mm -hmm. Now, now when I put the show together, when we put the show together, we started talking about it and it's our year end show and we're coming up on our fourth anniversary and we've had lots of guests and we have lots of listeners. One of the things we were talking about and, and I want Kat to, to explain to people how to get the, the, the negative, the, um, what's going wrong thoughts out of their head because we really need to focus on what's going well, what we have versus what we don't have and what's going wrong. So how do people do that? How do they change that gear to get out of, you know, focusing on the the negative stuff? The crap, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, it's so interesting. We have to remind ourselves how the brain works. So the brain has more of a negative bias. So we're already pitting up against something that's natural for us to do is to focus on the negative as a way to protect us from the from the threats of that might harm us. So it does take intention. It does take mindfulness action. And one of my favorite practices that I do on a regular basis is I called um, gratification masturbation. Ooh, and like this that. is getting, yeah. So on a daily basis, getting myself off on the pleasures of my day. So whether that's it, typically I do it in the evening, um, I have a specific journal that I might write in, or as I'm curled up under the blankets, wrapped up like a burrito because it's too cold, I might just sit in my mind and just feel into, okay, what were my most pleasurable moments of today? And I'll do at least three and just allow my body to feel the pleasure of those moments. Now, of, of course, we have more of a simple life here, you know, being at home. We're not on some grand adventure, which is easy to point out the pleasure. So it requires us to get creative and like really tune into those moments uh, in the day where we were a little more expanded. Or even if we spent the whole day just in a grouchy mess, we might even say, wow, you know, like I'm grateful that I got to meet the part of me that struggles with, you know, that's going through this human experience right now. And all of that, I just feel the gratitude practice helps us to reset, helps us to come back to a zero point and calm our nervous system down. So from that point, once once our nervous system is regulated, we become a lot more expansive, open, relaxed in the body to be able to receive, whether it's pleasure, whether it's our partner, whether it's anything that we're working on or drawing into our lives, but we can't do that from a state of tension and contraction or fight or flight mode. And, from... what, and what about the concept of just turning off the TV, turning off social media, just getting away from that bar barrage of information that's coming at you, whether it be bad, good, or otherwise, and just, you know, chilling with your partner, having a nice conversation about your relationship and focusing on what you like about each other, what you each did, what you're going to be doing in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And so for people who are in partnerships, that's, that's incredible. And how challenging that is for, for some people to think about, okay, turning off the TV, turning off the social media, and then they face the other person. And if there's so much, so many parts of ourselves that we can meet there. This fear of, oh, I have to be entertaining now. I have to bring up something to talk about. I have to, you know, or I'm feeling their tension and I don't want to feel their tension. Like that's why we turn to the TV and the social media and all these other things to distract ourselves because we don't want to feel what's actually present in the void, in the silence mm -hmm. when, when there's that space. So we fill it with noise. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember that that it, beneath that is the key to deepening our intimacy and sexual potential, but not if we keep filling it with noise that just keeps exhausting us and, and distracted. 
And one of the things that Dave and I started recently in the last few months was we taught ourselves, or taught each other, whatever, together, we learned how to play mm-hmm. chess. And that is a quiet mm-hmm. game. Well, it's, we're still learning. We're still learning. So it's the blind <laughs> leading the blind, but we're having fun with it mm-hmm. because it's all about strategy and, and who's missed what move and didn't see that and didn't see that. It's a lot of fun. But there is a lot of quiet moments when we're looking at the board and we're looking at each other. And so instead of filling the void by each of us staring at the screen, we're actually doing it together and learning mm-hmm. together and learning the process and then talking about it afterwards and what we learned. And we laugh a little because we miss all these crazy, obvious moves. But anyways, mm-hmm. we have actually found a lot of fun in doing that. We do it after dinner every night. After we finished our dinner, we always spend a time close together. And then we do our chess game, sometimes one or two and sometimes four or five, depends on how it goes and how quick the game was, you know, how stupid we were that moment. Um, but we really found that as a really cool practice to get into each other's minds a little bit and relate. It's just even if you don't speak, you we're just together and, and focused on the same kind of task. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Having that shared experience to where you can both be fully present to it. Yeah. You know, what just also came to my mind is there's another practice that I teach and I practice myself and it's the tantric practice of transfiguration, which is the practice of seeing the other person or a situation as divine and really glorifying or exalting their highest aspects. So it's whether it's through just a glance, like whole, like observing this person through your eyes and mentally seeing the best parts and drawing out their most beautiful attributes of themselves and really expanding that and feeling that expansion of adoration and honor in your own body and then transmuting that out so the other person sees how we are adoring them. And that can really create openness and intimacy and and really up-level your sex life too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I find if we do have a fight, which of course we do, we're a normal couple, that when I'm angry with with David, what I how I get over my anger is I start thinking about all the great things about him. I start saying, oh, I love him because of this. Mm-hmm. In my head, of course, I don't always necessarily tell him yet because I'm still angry. Yeah. But how I get out of that angry stage, I always think about all the things that made us happy in the first place, why we're together, what I love about him. And it just calms me down. And I, I remember that. Yeah. And so it just fades away the anger. And so it's really about replacing the crap with good thoughts. And I think that's just an easy way of putting it. 15 right? years we're together. We've never had makeup sex. 15. <laughs> years not once i can't tell you there's so many arguments and fights that obviously have been my fault not once has there been makeup sex he cries about that but i when i'm angry i can't be having sex that's just two different bodies there that doesn't work for me yeah yeah and everybody's different we've got to tune into what our body needs the body intelligence of ourselves yeah yeah and with with transfiguration i think again it's not spiritually bypassing you know the abuse or anything that's the there, but it is amplifying the beauty of the person mm-hmm. so that we can. And like, imagine making love to a divine creature in front of you. You know, that just like makes us a lot more receptive to pleasure and, and giving of pleasure and vice versa. You know, when, when, when my part, when a lover sees me as, as divine and, and, um, godly, <laughs> you know, that Definitely makes sex so much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Puts you in a whole place uh, different from, you know, the everyday world. And that's kind of where you want to go with lovemaking anyways, and sex and sexual pleasure. You want to get beyond this world and start feeling all the good things that could possibly come to you. Absolutely. Let's talk about COVID fatigue. Mm -hmm. COVID fatigue has been one of those things that we've been hearing. It's a buzzword we've been hearing a lot lately, especially after it's been going on and on and on. And we know that it does drain 
uh, our state of horniness and it does drain our libido. But there must be ways, and I'm sure you're going to tell us about how we can mm-hmm. nurture our eroticism to get beyond this COVID fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And I think this, the biggest symptom of COVID fatigue is stagnancy, you know, non-movement, because we are so much in our homes and there's not a whole lot of variation that would naturally create polarity with us and another partner. You know, we, uh, with our partner, we go off into the world and we're doing different things and then we can come back with new and interesting and, and um, uh, different experiences that is that is intriguing, it's attracting. So now we're just kind of here and we can fall into the routines of wearing our pajamas all day, not doing our hair, you know, doing things just enough, you know, quote unquote, just enough to get by. And that mentality can cause stagnancy and can cause, you know, um, um, yeah, depression or anxiety or any of these mental and non-sexiness. So I encourage the first thing is to get movement and get movement, put energy into, uh, put effort into choosing your clothes, wear things that you feel fun in versus slouchy in, you know, get movement, dance around your house or at least, or do jumping jacks or, uh, do yoga or walk or even just walk around your block, you know, something to get movement in the body, because even that opens your, um, helps your lymph system, which helps flush out inflammation and all these things that are in, causing crunchiness in your body and, and, um, uh, aches in our body or it just like rigidity in our body, which doesn't help with sexual energy flowing through it. So I would say that, but also uh, think about nourishing your eroticism. So like how much time are you allocating to giving attention and affection towards anything that's erotic? So whether that's an erotic practice, like self-pleasure practices and trying out different toys or um, even just caressing your whole body, not even necessarily genitally focused, but just touching yourself and just feeling into fantasy or listening to erotic podcasts or um, expert podcasts like this one um, where we there's conversations about sex or books that talk about sex or writing about sex because all of that gets you connected with your sexual self, where otherwise it's easy, again, to just fall into the trap of the laptop right. producing over and over and over again. Now we're talking again about staying in the positive and not the negative, because the negative creates anxiety and stress. And we know that, number one, uh, stress is not good for the body, for the immune system, and um, could prevent you from fighting off um, COVID and other forms of, of the flu and, and diseases. But stress also has an effect on the sexual aspect of your life. And for, for guys, I know stress sometimes prevents erections and it prevents... Um, well, it lowers testosterone and it makes your libido uh, lacking as mm-hmm. well. So, so how do we, again, focus on the positive to get that stress out of our lives? I, I mean, I think it all comes back to that very first foundational, just get moving. If you start moving your body, your mind shifts. Drinking water, your mind shifts. I think a lot of a lot of people are just drinking a lot of coffee and depleting themselves and dehydrating themselves. And then they wonder why they're crabby and they're you know snapping at their partner. Well, they're dehydrated. And once they take one big glass of water, they can feel their energy shift and they become a lot more, oh, 
this is what it feels to be grounded, <laughs> you know, and less foggy in my brain and that sort of thing. So really taking care of your nutrition, getting moving, looking at, I would encourage, you know, when you're reducing stress, write out some of the specific stressors that you have, you know, get a strategy to either get rid of them or mitigate them. Um, and go through this with your partner. See if you can come up with some strategies around these. I also encourage uh, right now is a great time to purge things out of your house, anything that's unnecessary, because even just clutter in the house is creating the the stress that that we don't need. And we can create spaciousness by clearing out the closet, clearing out our fridge, clearing out our mind, and and really uh, ultimately slow down so that we can be present. Right. And we're, we're going to talk about self-pleasuring in Great Sex Matters. Um, because but I, we, can I just finish off with the, the thing of stress? What I really think absolutely. that's happening also is that people don't realize that they're getting stressed by all of this. Yeah. They don't realize that just listening to the news is actually stressful and that we have mm -hmm. to be more conscious of it. David is very good at reminding me that I'm stressing out over something. It's not worth stressing out because we keep saying that stress just makes you sick. So um, mm -hmm. being, being conscious of the stress around you, even if you didn't even think that it was stressing you out before, um, some things might make you angry now they didn't before because of this general stress. So actually just realizing and writing down new things that you never thought were stressing you might also be one of those good practices. Absolutely. This is how our stress conversation goes. <laughs> Honey, you're stressed. Don't fucking tell me I'm stressed. I'm not stressed. Honey, you're a little stressed. Okay, I don't want to talk about it. Get out of here. Give me some space because I'm really not stressed. I got to get my work done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. and, and I hadn't even realized I was stressed. So I'm there like, I'm not stressed. Leave That's me alone. Right. Just chill. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, we become allocated. It, we're like, this is, this is my norm. This is my norm level. <laughs> we don't even realize that, exactly. that we're, a yeah, because we're a fish in the water and we just are used to it. We're not, yeah. we don't realize that we're wet, yeah. but also to remember that in our culture right now, there's so many environmental stressors, you know, from everything politically happening to, you know, the riots that were happening to all of these, yeah, uh, as well as COVID-19 and it's just, we have to be kind about ourselves and how much, how vulnerable we are to getting activated and shifting into fight, flight or freeze response because we already have things that are attacking our nervous system outside. Yeah. yeah. And on a daily basis, yeah. even that we don't even realize. Now, I, right. one of the things that you keep talking about, and I love the concept is all about this creating spaciousness for you where you can expand and grow and receive love and receive pleasure. Can you like literally walk us through what that means, how we can actually apply that in our own lives, some real practical advice about spaciousness and, and encouraging transformation? Yeah. And so I, I gave a little taste test of that a moment ago, where if we think about the, the noise that we fill so that we don't feel what's underneath that, you know, whether it's the quiet as we sit next to our partner or the strong silence that they have, that we can feel the energy of them just palpable and angry. And, and we, you know, we don't want to move over there and ask them what's going on. So we busy ourselves with noise, you know, whether it's, we're buying a bunch of things off of Amazon or we are eating a bunch of food to fill ourselves up to, and then we're overstuffed and we're like, Oh, oh my God, I just feel like shit. <laughs> or our closets are full with all kinds of clothes from you know 1992 <laughs> just and and when we do that when we hold on to all these things we aren't allowing for this space to become um, the next 
version of ourselves, this more expanded version of ourselves, because there literally is not space there for us to. And we're just, then we fall into this pattern of just managing. We're just managing ourselves. We're just managing our nervous system, our digestion, our, you know, but we're never settling into a deep, relaxed state because of all that noise. So taking the literal chance to clean out your closets, to purge things out that you genuinely do not wear, (laughs) that you do not use, get rid of it. Because once you have that clear, open closet, now you have space to draw in clothes or items that are most resonant with who you are today and not who you've been operating on for so long and never updating the script of that. Like I have clothes in there that is me maybe five years ago, but it's definitely not who I am today. And so they're just taking up space and it's stressful. And then things just get piled and piled and piled. Same with our digestion and my and our body. You know, I'm working with a doctor right now to just clear out everything and re and um, detox and help me to better absorb the nutrients so that I can be more of a vibrant, energetic person instead of just being fatigued by doing what I've been doing every single day, building, building and working and and creating and not and consuming food that may not actually be to my highest um, benefit. Yeah, yeah. And then even, yeah, yeah. And one of the things I was thinking about while you're talking there is that when COVID first came and the stress and everything around it, we all, the whole world was at pause. We sort of paused mm-hmm. our life. We stayed home. We didn't do anything. We didn't see each other. But because it's going on and on and on, we haven't really pushed the start button yet. And that's kind of what I'm hoping that people are going to get out of this episode from Dr. Cat, who has so much good information, that we need to hit the start button again. We, there are many things that we can do, even if we can't see our friends and family as much as we wanted to. There's all the positive things we can do to help ourselves to grow and continue to grow, even with the crazy mm-hmm. shit that's going on out there. So just about restarting, and it's a new year coming up, and we have a chance to start again, and thinking about all those positive things that we can do and not sticking to the things that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Well, this is all amazing stuff. We just want to take a minute and remind everybody again that we are Carolyn David, and this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're having a discussion all about uh, moving forward in this new era with uh, the sex therapist, Dr. Kat Meyer. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yeah, before we get on with the show, before we get on with Great Sex Matters, we want to talk about Hito 2 in Jamaica. It's one of our favorite places, and it is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you like. And we're so excited to tell everybody, we've been talking about it for a couple of shows now, that we're going to be escaping winter 2021, and we'll be at Hito from January 15th to March 26th. We're going to be broadcasting on location, doing a bunch of other things as well. Um, Most probably a lot of it will be naked. So come on, come join us for a week or even more if you want. You could even be a guest on one of our podcasts. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. And we're just going to feel so good to be home again at Hito. From their delicious Jamaican food to the amazing and award-winning entertainment staff and all the sexy, fun and erotic guests, we are going to be having a blast. So join us there as we get naked on the beach again. It won't be long now. It sure won't. All right. 
You know we're Carol and David. This is a sexy lifestyle. We are having an amazing show with Dr. Kat Meyer. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. And you know we love getting down and dirty with our guests and asking them about their personal questions and all about their sex life and everything uh, related to sex and sexuality and how they've done it. So let's get started with Dr. Kat. She's not going to escape this either. So. No way. So, Dr. Kat, why don't you tell us uh, when you discovered great sex? How old were you? Uh, who it was with? And what did you do? Yeah, well, I want to honor the consent of all of the partners in my life <laughs> and not give their names. But I, the probably the first time that I had really ecstatic sexual experience was with, I believe I was 25 and... I now I struggled with I, I have sexual trauma in my past. So I had a pattern that I was not aware of that I was disassociating in sex, which means disconnecting from my body and not being present in it, which impacted my orgasm, impacted pretty much everything, libido, um, desire, arousal, orgasm. And with this particular human, I remember the first time having some of those challenges and we use cannabis. And that dropped me into my body and relaxed my body. And I was so open to the pleasure and to the, the experience of it. And I had never done that before. And um, not raising now in retrospect, I, I um, you know, if any, if either of you know, the canis sexual um, who she, Ashley uh, Manta, who talks about uni- using cannabis for it to help you with trauma, um, really powerful stuff. And so highly recommend that, especially if somebody's, you know, gone through tra- sexual trauma like myself, but also what was powerful about that sexual experience with him was a lot of eye gazing. Like we held each other's eyes the entire way to through, you know, as, as much as we could, except in positions where you don't see each other's eyes, but, and that just makes it, that just, blast my heart and my body wide open because it's like somebody's right there with you they're not entertaining any other thoughts or fantasies except being so present with you so they you know that they're choosing and desiring to be with you so at that point in your life were you already a doctor had you gone through your your education at that point no, I was in the middle of it. Yes. Yeah, so I was, um, I think I had finished my master's in marriage and family therapy and I had started, um, teaching around sex, I think maybe a couple years before. And even, but I hadn't studied, um, the trauma work that I have done now that helped to open up so much deeper understanding of the sexual blocks that I was still experiencing at that present moment. I love, cool. I love when you can experience it and then teach it. And it probably was so enlightening mm-hmm. that day that it really wanted you to get more and more and more into how can I show other people how to do this who may have been struggling. And I, I can just imagine that that's kind of the sentiment you had after that amazing um, experience that you had with this man. Absolutely. And that's what it started this whole sexual journey to be a sex therapist anyway, which was happened in college, where it was born from the archetype of the wounded healer, you know, of having my own struggles and not being able to know how to free myself. And so diving into the work to understand it for myself, so I could then transmute that for other people. Now you've had this was just, you've had lots of of sexual experiences. We've spoken to you about (laughs) being at Um, Burning Man and all the fun um, sexual adventures that you've had. But do you prefer having sex with men, with women, 
or being the queen bee at the bottom of an orgy and having just everybody there? All of it. (laughs) And that's, yeah. And so if we think about, um, I am somebody who has to have variety. I have to, it has to, it's one thing one time and then another thing another time. It's never the same thing. And that's something that So sometimes I do love orgies, but I also love BDSM play and I also love tantric, you know, sacred sexuality. And I also love, you know, really wild ravaging. And then I also love really slow, sensual, soft type of sex. So it's everything. And men and women, I love both of them in my life. (laughs) So and I love having the variety of that because with the women that I engage in, they tend to have, there's such a softness there and such a more sensual movement even. And then um, typically with the men, there's more of a, I'm able to drop into a submissive, you know, surrender role. And, and so I love playing the dynamics of all of this. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to me. Wow, yeah. that's very cool. Now, this past year, which, of course, everything was very difficult, much more difficult to have that intimacy, et cetera. But was there a special moment or a special person without revealing names that, that you had some, some intimate or favorite sexual um, Moment experience? of the year. Yeah, of the year. What, the, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I can think of a couple of, I had a couple, I had a few lovers, and one of them was also very energetic. So he was into energy play and tantric oriented. And so that was really fun to be met with that level that of um, similarity in our sexual languages. And it was just electrifying. Like we both had this, there's this experience for anybody who's very energetic uh, where their body will vibrate and it'll just shake rapidly at higher peaks of, um, of arousal. And he also did that. And I don't think he's ever done that before. So it was a shock to him, but it was fun for me. Cause I was like, ah, you speak my language, you know? <laughs> so that was really fun and, um, and erotic. And then there was another person who I introduced more tantric practices to, and this is somebody who didn't know that formally, but he also didn't know that he was already, um, engaging in tantric oriented type of sex. And so that was fun to, to point out you're already, you're already doing it. And I gave him, I swear, I gave him the best blowjob of his entire life and <laughs> just like in full body orgasm convulsing like tears, you know? And, and so that was a really fun, um, experience as, you know, more of this tantrika that I am, um, yeah, so those were some of my highlights. Now, yes. now, now you're yes, yes, good blowjobs, <laughs> yes for good blowjobs. Um, actually, Carol just recently had one of the most mind blowing orgasms that we've had as a couple, and it was one of the first times. It was, and it's an experience that we're going to remember forever and be grateful for it. But Carol has this tendency to be very busy in her brain and very worried about things that are going on and things that aren't done. And in this particular evening, she had cleared everything out of her brain. And I'm David's very helpful to get me there. So he took his time mm. and relaxed me. And I massaged yeah. her tits yeah. and then nice, her belly and her sides. And I took the time to get all the blood down to her labia and into her vagina and into the clit and get everything aroused. And then I slowly built it up and built it up. And she exploded in this massive orgasm that lasted, uh, no joke, 
30, 40 seconds. And she was mm-hmm. just writhing in, in ecstasy. And I, we finished and I said, what the fuck? I know. That's what I said. What the mm-hmm. fuck? And, and, I, and wow. Norm, and norm, it was a big wow. And normally Carol squirts and she has great orgasms and we have great sex. But this was one of those yeah. wow Over moments. Over the top, really. And, mm-hmm. and that was, you know, one of those moments of the year. Do you have, you know, being an educator, you're always teaching people about sex. Did you learn anything mm-hmm. new about your sexuality this year? Mm, yeah. And one one comment I want to make on that, which I also think lends into what I had experienced is the spaciousness that you created for her because of all the noise in her mind. You know, you created a container for her to melt into and to to empty out her mind. So there's another example of how we can create spaciousness to help our eroticism. Mm, exactly. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So some of the things that I learned, let's see, I think a big part was slowing down um, because I have one of my defaults is to move really fast. And so having to t- just slow down, be with my um, nervous system. But also I think oh, I learned how good self sex could be like sex with myself, how good it could be. You know, because there is so much time and space to be with it and not have to rush off to the next thing. But I could just luxuriate in my own body and worship my own body. I there were multiple times where I would uh, have a mirror set up in front of my bed and I would just self seduce myself. I would put on music and just do a strip tease for myself and just just be so in in erotic fascination with myself and turn that into a whole self sex practice that was just um exquisite and and satiating like beyond satiating (laughs) no kidding for sure and I was just thinking also that how important it is for us to connect with our bodies and by you just talking and describing how you were loving your body and seducing yourself Mm -hmm. how it's so important to get connected with our body what kind of practices do you teach that help people who are not really happy with their bodies? How do they can start loving their bodies again? Yeah. So I teach, instead of teaching body love, I teach body acceptance because sometimes the, the term body love can be a goal that might be further away than what, what we're ready for. And then we can end up shaming ourselves, you know, Oh, I'm not at body love yet. I don't. And so if we first start with acceptance and acknowledge appreciation of how our body functions and how it holds us and pointing out the, you know, creating space and affection for our body and touching it and being with it and just breathing into it. And, and, um, yeah, again, appreciation. I think that's a lot more of an accessible goal than, than say body love. And then also practicing self-compassion. So, you know, being kind to ourselves when we are critical, recognizing that this is a collective experience that we all struggle with being critical of our bodies at, at sometimes, and then, uh, separating ourselves into a non-judgmental witnessing stance so that we are separating our identity from this and not shaming ourselves or saying that we're bad for having critical top, but just being like, Oh, okay, there it is again. I'm acknowledging it. There must be something human going on if, if I'm being unkind to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also helping people to see that this is very accessible, you know, creating small moments of attention and affection to our bodies. So whether it's putting lotion on our body after a shower or as I sit in front of the laptop, I'm I'm caressing my legs and I'm touching my own body, you know, and and just feeling 
calming the nervous system, breathing, you know, breath work, yoga, anything to help us to get the nervous system to calm down so we can tap into the body intelligence that's here so that we can be relaxed and expansive and feel the senses and be connected to the lusciousness of life and sex. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So um, we are unfortunately coming to the end of another amazing show with Dr. Kat Meyer. And before we ask you for your final advice, and our because our show is about thankfulness and being grateful, I would like to know from you, what part of your sex life in 2020 are you most grateful for? My devotion to expansion. Like, I just love that I keep diving in more and want to learn more and, and keep leaning in because it's infinite. And I know that as long as I'm curious. So the devotion that I have to that is is what I'm most grateful for. Love it, love it, love Oh, it. that is amazing. Yeah. amazing. All right, so I guess it is. Gooseys. Yeah, exactly. I guess it is time for our final advice where we just like to wrap things up from what we've learned on this show. Uh, what would you say would be the top two things that people can do to stay happy, healthy, and horny no matter what's going on in the world? Mm-hmm. The first one I would say is dance. you know creating a playlist that is fun for you whatever that is because we all have different tastes but just move you know even if it's just a little cha-cha in the kitchen but this lights you know it it creates expansiveness in the body but it also lights up our mood and we can just find more play and the second one is just finding more playfulness you know playfulness flirtiness but just have fun like the world is serious enough as it is and if we can laugh at this huge joke that that it, that everything can actually be it can lighten us and release us from the the yeah the tension the heaviness that that can really take us down easily wow absolutely great, great, great amazing advice. great way to end a great show and a great year i, I don't know um mm-hmm. if everybody will be able to find the gratefulness and the gratitude of 2020 it's been a very difficult year and, you know, our thoughts do go out to all the people who have lost loved ones um, because of COVID. Um, Kat, why don't you take a minute to tell everybody how they can find you online? Sure. So they can find everything on sexloveyoga.com. They can also follow me on Instagram at sexloveyoga. I also am host of two podcasts, Eat, Play, Sex, which is more of my expert-focused podcast, and my pet project, Erotically Wasted, which is five minutes of erotic stories that I tease you straight to your ears. Oh, I like that. We'll put that up on our site as well. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And in case, of course, if you missed any of that information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where we'll have more every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information and you can even contact them if you have questions or have any inquiries about their work. Absolutely. And like we did today, we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic expert guests. We hope you do too. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. And please remember to stay safe, stay healthy, follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities, wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask. Wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. All right, that's it for our show today. Dr. Kat Meyer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you both. It's always a pleasure, and please stay safe. And we also want to thank everybody for listening week in and week out. You can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. 
Alrighty, that's it for the show today. Remember, stay safe and of course, stay sexy. We're sending you lots of love and of course, great sex. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 